Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded September 25th, 2022. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. This week in the podcast, we reflect on some of the most interesting questions we got and things we saw last week. Three big things you need to know. First, positioning trades within U.S. equities tend to be fairly mixed during yield curve inversions, a topic of focus in our investor meetings last week, even before the FOMC. But they do have a classic defensive bias. Second, an S&P 500 PE of around 16 times seems reasonable based on post-FOMC interest rate and inflation views and our analysis of the relationship between rates, inflation, and PEs dating back to the 70s. Third, the 3500 level on the S&P 500 will be key to watch, as it represents the point at which a median recession would be priced in, and the S&P 500 PE based on 2023 EPS would fall below average again, using our below consensus forecast of 212. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. Now the details. Let's start with takeaway number one. Positioning trades within U.S. equities have been mixed during yield curve inversions, with a bias toward defensive groups as recession fears dominate. We were on the road all last week. Before Wednesday's FOMC decision, the investors we spoke with were already focused on the yield curve and pondering the question of how to be positioned during inversions. This has historically been a tricky issue for equity investors. Brief inversions have seen the S&P 500 rise more often than not, but in extended inversions, the S&P 500's track record has been pretty mixed. What's clear when we look at industry groups, however, is that recession fears dominate and drive positioning trades. While leaders and laggards during these inverted periods aren't highly consistent, areas that do have a tilt towards outperformance tend to be defensive and include things like commercial and professional services, food and staple retail, household and personal products, materials, pharma, biotech and life sciences, software and services, telecom, transports and utilities. Meanwhile, Areas that show the greatest tendency to underperform include things like consumer services, energy, and tech hardware and equipment. While much of this seems pretty obvious, it does help explain the sharp drop in energy stocks at the end of last week, despite rising geopolitical tensions. Moving on to takeaway number two, an S&P 500 PE of around 16 times seems reasonable based on our analysis of multiples versus rates and inflation back to the 70s. Even before Wednesday's FOMC decision, the investors we spoke with were also focusing on valuations and what higher for longer rates might mean for PE multiples going forward. We highlighted our analysis on the relationship between core PCE and the average S&P 500 trailing four quarter PE back to the 1960s, which has been anticipating a 16 times PE at year in 2022, based on the assumption that core PCE would end the year around four and a half percent. That stat has been the consensus among street economists recently and also happened to be the expectation for 2022 on core PCE in last week's summary of economic projections from the Fed. This weekend, we took a trip down the valuation rabbit hole and fine-tuned a model we've been working on that forecasts a year-end 2022 S&P 500 PE based on expectations for 10-year yields, Fed funds, core PCE, and headline PCE, leveraging data back to 1970. We then plugged in 2022 expectations on inflation and Fed funds from last week's summary of economic projections and then used 3.4% on the 10-year. That assumes 10-year yields will come in a bit due to recession concerns. 
The model anticipates a PE of 16.35 times at the end of this year for a 57% contraction from the pandemic high of 37.8. That 57% contraction is pretty close to the contraction that was seen in the 1970s, as well as after the tech bubble. If the S&P 500 were to trade at 16.35 times at the end of 2022, using our 2022 EPS forecast of 218, the index would fall to 3564. Now that's not to say 16 times has to be the floor in here. A 63% contraction, which is exactly what was seen in the 1970s, would take the PE down to 14 times, and that implies a move to 3052. Additionally, when we use the relationship between rates and inflations and PEs only in the 70s and early 80s to come up with a potential PE for year in 2022, the various back tests on each of these individual indicators came up with a range of 12 to 16 times. Core PCE, the thing we had looked at initially, does the best job of predicting PEs back in the 70s and early 80s. And if you just focus on that model, just in that 70s and 80s time period, we come up with a PE of 13.4 times for the end of this year, based on that 4.5% core PCE Fed projection. That's a mouthful. Let's wrap up with takeaway number three. The 3,500 level on the S&P 500 is going to be key to watch in the weeks ahead. With investor sentiment, both for retail and institutions, at the low end of its historical range, and in the case of retail, at great financial crisis lows, the equity put call ratio ending the week at its highest level since the pandemic and approaching December 2018 highs, and stocks already baking in a very big spike in jobless claims, we think the stock market is on the cusp of an important test. The June lows now seem unlikely to hold. And if the S&P 500 experiences its typical recession drawdown of 27%, the index will fall to 3501. Additionally, the S&P 500 forward PE is starting to get close to its long-term average on 2023's EPS using our below consensus forecast of 212. That flavor of the PE closed on Friday at 17.4 using our estimate, and the average over time has been 16.8. Assuming our 212 estimate is in the right neighborhood, it's worth noting that bottom-up consensus is still at 242. The PE will break below average if the S&P 500 hits 3561. That could open the door for bargain hunters, though fundamental catalysts for a move higher, other than the midterms which we've talked about in other places, admittedly are hard to identify. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our sister podcast, RBC's Industries in Motion, for specific thoughts on sectors from RBC's team of industry analysts. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.